Welcome to the 3 and D pod. I'm here with my boy, Wizzy Wayne. Yes, sir. My name is Drew. We're excited to be talking to you guys today. It's December. Everybody wants something in December. The Knicks want a new basketball team. Mm-hmm. Wayne, what do you want? I want world peace. World peace. If any of you have it, send it via Amazon to Wayne's house. Yes. Let's go. My Amazon account is... I'm just kidding. <laughs> and let's go. <laughs> First things first, Wayne, a little rivalry between the two of us. Yes. The uh, Texas showdown between the Spurs and the Rockets this week uh, really was, I would say, arguably, this is maybe behind the uh, the Lakers-Mavs showdown, but potentially for game of the year. I'll take this as game of the year, man. I- and because I didn't really watch the whole Mavs-Lakers game all the way through, but I watched this one pretty much all the way through, and you really only needed to watch it from the fourth quarter on. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, my Rockets did not get the dub. But your San Antonio Spurs, after a lot of struggle over the yeah. past few weeks, got the dub. Yeah. And your boy Lonnie Walker. That boy went off. <laughs> he he came out of his shell. Literally. He he started doing pull up jumpers out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like st- starting overtime, he just came around a screen and pulled up from the three. And the just, thing is, that's what he's known for. Like when he was in the G League, like that's the kind of stuff he would do. And would I'll be watching like highlights of him in the G League? I'm like, dude. Give him more minutes, man. Like, let him play. Let him. Well, he showed out. He didn't necessarily keep it going because the next game he was like one for six or something. Yeah, but we won't talk about that. It's a, it's okay. We're talking about this game right here, and he's young. Yeah. So, I mean, and his hair. I don't even know what to compare he, his hair to. You better not cut it, dude. It looks like. <laughs> usually, I could compare something to somebody's hair. I literally have no idea. It's like a slumped over tree stump. <laughs> that's actually really accurate. <laughs> like I, that's perfect. A I, slumped over tree stump. Basketball reference. Get at me for new nicknames for Lonnie Walker. Slumped over tree stump. Slump stump. Slump stump. <laughs> Yo, young slump yes. stump in the streets, cuz. <laughs> slump stump. I love it. Dude, that's Lonnie that Walker. You are welcome for getting your nickname game. Uh, just your career started by three and D Pod. You're welcome. Yep. Wayne, what were your takeaways from this game? I've one in particular. Is it the dunk? <laughs> we don't have to talk about it yet. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. Um, this game. Number one, the Spurs had no business winning this game. Uh, and I'll put it this way. The Spurs this season are in, they're not per se in a rebuild mode because we have the pieces we need to succeed. We're more in a confusion mode. Fusion mode? Or no, like no, 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 no. I said confusion. Oh, confusion. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like fusion, like everybody fusing together. Oh, confusion, confusion mode. Confusion, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, yeah. But I'll you, you have vets. 
It's not just a super we young have, team. We have a good combination of vets and young guys that just need to click better. And when I and, and I'm I don't know, man. Like Lamarcus Aldridge, I don't know what to say about him anymore, dude. This dude will have a stretch where he's looking like his old Blazer self, where he was like going off with him and um him and Dame, and then he'll look like in the next game a tree stump. A tree stump. Like, and I'm just like, dude, why are you out here just standing on the court doing absolutely nothing but going one for ten with three points because you made a free throw off a foul that shouldn't have been a foul? Like, I don't like why are you here? What I feel like what he really needs to do because he is such a big dude, like stop doing the turnaround fadeaways and actually just get like bang down low and just get some like simple layups. Yeah. Maybe get fouled, see the ball go through the hoop at the line, and then kind of start extending your range a little bit to get back to where you need to. But don't try to just – I know some people say shoot your way out of it, but why not just get some easy baskets first to then transition to what you're good at? Yeah. He needs to get more in the paint, get a little more physical. He's getting up in age. Those turnaround jumpers ain't falling anymore. He's going to he's gonna either be, need to be a spot-up shooter where he just moves around, sits on the elbows, which is what he's good at, set a screen, get to the elbow, they kick it to him, jumper. That's that's clean. I'm I'm okay with that. No more turnaround jumpers. If you're gonna back somebody down, it better be all the way to the bucket. You turn around then and you just put it up because you're right there. That's all I need from you. Um, like I said, the Spurs had no business winning this game. Uh, they were down how many points at the most? I think it was like 22 points at one point. 22 points. Because I was watching this for a majority of the game, mm-hmm. and everything fell apart in the fourth quarter for the Rockets. Yeah, that, that's when Lonnie Walker started just going berserk. Because he went, he went off for nineteen points in the fourth quarter. Yes, which yes, and I think he ended up with like twenty seven for the game. Yeah, which his season high before that was like sixteen points. He outscored his season high in one quarter. Yeah, and I'm like, look, Lonnie gets more minutes, and we started gelling with Lonnie, Dejounte, Bryn. Take Bellinelli out, please. Take Lamarcus out. You can leave Rudy Gay in, DeMar, like, Pirtle. Those guys, let those guys gel and let them be, like, your main, you know, six or seven guys. And then, I don't know, let Patty Mills come off the bench continuously, like he's already doing, and then just... Patty Mills is, like, the one bright spot, I feel like. He's not super consistent, he's but... He's the spark. He's the spark, for sure. Yeah. The the Spurs and this one... I So, uh, okay, and I'm going to bring up my one point here. The Harden dunk. That's what everybody was talking about this week. Go ahead. Week. Go ahead. So James Harden breaks away on a st- on a steal, I believe it was. Gets down to the court for an easy dunk. The ball, he he dunks it. The ball goes through the ho- the hoop, but the ball swings back around due to the traction from the net. So like it clearly went through the hoop mm-hmm. and came back around. So like for example, Wayne, if I saw him. Like, if I was looking down at my phone, if I was actually watching this game in person, I look down at my phone and I look up after he dunks it, I might have thought, wow, he missed the dunk. Yeah. Because he actually went and chased down the ball after he made it like it was like a missed dunk almost. Because I think he might have thought he missed it too. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But after everything is said and done, that was clearly clearly a made basket 
and I'm not blaming our loss on that dunk. However, I will say that when that call happened and they moved forward with the game, the Rockets were shook at that point. Like, the momentum swung. Mm -hmm. The Spurs were basically like, hey, like, we don't care. We're trying to win this game. And they, like, it was a mentality shift. When that dunk happened, the score was 107. They were up by like 12 points. 105, 89, something like that. They had a decent lead. Yeah. And so I think that call shook them up and the Spurs just took advantage. So, no, the loss is not due to that dunk. The loss is due to the Rockets letting letting go of their momentum. That's that's really what it comes down to. However, I will say this is one of the worst calls I've ever seen a ref make. Yeah. There's been some bad ones. This has got to be up there. I'd say it's at least top 10. And apparently, I, I forgot the name of the ref who called it, but after the game, he says, oh, well, if if they want to challenge it, they have to do so within 30 seconds within of 30 that play seconds, ha- yeah. happening. And if you go back and watch it, James Harden is like on, like immediately going like, no, 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 review that. Review. Like they're all up in their face. Mm-hmm. They clearly wanted it reviewed and it didn't happen. Now, is that because, now did D'Antoni want a review? Yes. Okay. The whole Rockets team did. Okay. And it, it didn't happen. So I I just thought that point from the ref just didn't really work in his argument. Um but it feels like it's the it's the only play that we talked about this week when it came to basketball was that dunk. Yeah, man. Uh and I'm kinda tired of talking about it now, but I, w- I was like, we have to talk. Like, uh, say me and Wayne were texting on like the night this game was going on. We were like, yeah. we have to talk about this on the pod. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Lonnie Walker was amazing. But you know who the savior of this game was for the Spurs? Who? DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. He didn't come up with like a super clutch shot, but he was getting to the basket at will on a couple plays there in in overtime. Mm -hmm. And then he had that game-saving charge that he drew on James Harden at the very end. He slid in above the circle, and that was the thing that that sealed the game right there. That was clutch. And DeMar DeRozan is not known as like a defensive specialist by any means. He was the savior, though, because I guarantee you, if if DeMar wasn't there, Harden was going to either get an easy layup or he was going to get fouled and make two free throws. Yeah. and Which is what I thought happened. Because when he slid over, I was like, dang, how are you going to foul Harden right now? As soon as it happened, I was like, that was smart, Demar. Yeah. That was smart. He took a chance. He gambled, and it worked out. Exactly. So, so. this was man. I I just I kind of want to go back and watch it again, yeah. <laughs> just because it was that fun to watch. Definitely one of the games of the year. Um, a- another game of the year, maybe not from the perspective of the game itself being amazing, because I, I think the Lakers kind of handed it to the Jazz in this one. Yeah. But just everything that happened. In the game, within this game, is noteworthy, and uh, I feel like it's it, it should be a part of our discussion today. So, Wayne, do you want to kind of take the people through some some things that happened with LeBron in this game because he was LeBron he was died. quite uh, a highlight topic in this game, and not even just from a play perspective, but from a comedy and controversial 
perspective. Well, first off, can we, <laughs> can we say that LeBron traveled to China and back? Amen. In about, in about three steps. <laughs> Was this Yo. as bad as the uh, Russell Russell Westbrook one from last year? Remember that one? You know what? I want to no. I want to say Russell's was worse. Where he like it was, as they were inbounding, and he yeah. just started walking. Yeah, he took the inbound and just started <laughs> walking and calling a player or whatever, and then want to put the ball on the ground like nobody noticed. And I'm just like, dude. dude, are you serious? Yep. But the thing is, that got called. Yes. This right here, this man, uh, LeBron, came across half court, cupped the ball in his hand, looked at the defense, <laughs> was pointing. And then said, "Oh wait, I got a dribble," and then put the ball back down. All the whole time, what's his? Who was? In, who's guarding him? Was it? Uh, I can't uh, remember who's. Ingles or something like whoever that. Whoever it was, they were like, "What? What? Yeah, <laughs> how are you missing that?" Like, he just he just walked. Okay, he literally walked to the bench, took a sip of water, came back on the court, picked the ball up, and was like, "All right, I'm good." And y'all and didn't call that. Did you hear what he said after the game? No. He was he's basically like, "Yeah, I basically like malfunctioned." <laughs> Like he admitted to it, he was like, "I don't know what happened, but that was Yo, not good." That's that's like <laughs> that. Uh, who was it? Bledsoe. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Who took the ball from out of bounds and just started dribbling like it was like street basketball and didn't inbound the ball. <laughs> and the ref was like, "Um, you cannot Dude, do that." Sir. That was bad though. That travel was. I mean, this was like the week of horrible calls or horrible non calls. Yeah. The the dunk and then this travel, uh, both on superstars who you know you figured they have their eyes glued to these guys. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because you look back at the replay and the ref is clearly watching LeBron. Yeah, I bet the <laughs> ref malfunctioned too, like at the same time. Because sometimes if I'm, this is me. I'm a average Joe. Okay, sometimes I'll be doing something and I'll just blank out, <laughs> and I'll come back. And I'm like, wait, hold up. Yeah, was I just doing something, dude? So maybe seventeen, a seventeen year vet LeBron, just malfunctioned. I guess he, yeah. his, uh, it, it it was like the the CD skipped or something. Yeah, you know? yo, or the record skip. Man. The record skip. Yeah, wicked, wicked. The the other thing that happened in this game towards the end. So basically, at this point, the Lakers were blowing out the Jazz, mm-hmm. and LeBron shoeless on the sideline. Now, now this is what was seen beforehand. Like, from the blind perspective, I would say. Like, from the jazz announcer perspective. They saw LeBron with no shoes celebrating one of his teammates' dunks or, or plays that were just made. And he walks, LeBron basically walks onto the court as the jazz are going back on the other end. He's celebrating his teammates. And the jazz announcers are like, oh, my gosh, that's so disrespectful. He's got his socks on. He's walking on the court during the game, blah, blah, blah. But what really happened was that LeBron gave his uh, his shoes away to a fan in the mm-hmm. crowd, yeah. and that's why he didn't have shoes on. And then, uh, I guess we can give our opinions on him actually walking onto the court. I believe it's actually a little disrespectful. Okay. Only because, like, I'm looking. I'm about to read you the the Instagram post that LeBron made after this because I think it's kind of funny, but. Right before the play actually happens, one of the jazz players is on the three-point line, and yeah. LeBron's foot is on the inside. Yeah. Now, let me tell you what I'm doing if I'm one of the jazz players. I'm intentionally acting like I have to run the other direction just to bump into LeBron mm-hmm. and get a penalty on their team. 
just because I'm like, you shouldn't be on the court. I don't care if you think you're not going to interfere with anybody. Just don't be on the court. Mm -hmm. And then he walked after the dunk. He walked like four feet out. Yeah. So that part I had a problem with. Not the whole like walk on the court with your socks thing. Like it's whatever. Like he gave his shoes to some kids, you know. No big deal. But what did, what did you think about this after it happened? Um, so initially, I was like, look, I didn't know about the whole shoe thing or whatever. And so all I saw was LeBron on the court, uh, and he was throwing his towel in the air or whatever and, like, just causing a whole ruckus or whatever. Because somebody did something. Who was it? Oh, yeah, it was Kuzma with Kuzma the blocks. Kuzma had a block. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, he, he had the, the blocks. And so he's on the court. There's somebody in the corner. And so initially seeing that, I'm like, okay, LeBron, we get it. You're the king. You're dope. You're the best player in the, in the league right now. But can you please at least act like you've been here before? Mm-hmm. Okay? Please get back in your seat. Stand in the painted area where, you know, everybody else is sitting. And let everybody else who's checked in the game be able to play the game. And so initially I was like, you know, yeah. And then afterwards I was like, was it really disrespectful as much as it was uh, what's the word? I don't think it was disrespectful because the, the by that time the Lakers were already up like how And the Jazz were right? pretty much already on the other side of the court after he got Yeah. And so once know, he got like far down the sideline or down the court, they were already getting back on defense, which is I'm pretty sure he saw that and he was like, Okay, I can I got a little leeway. I also here. think the Jazz fans were probably just bitter at this point, you know. Like yeah, your they're, team's they're getting losing whooped. big time. Your team's getting whooped, and they just came off two big losses against the Sixers and the Raptors early in the earlier in the week. So they're just kind of hurting at this point. Yeah, so they're probably just bitter as as well as the Jazz announcers who made these comments. Yeah, and so that's why I was like, I don't put too much. I don't put too much stock in them just being like, oh, this is disrespectful. This is basketball. You don't need to be doing all that. Because, I mean, honestly, I've been to a, a few um, rec league games myself. I've been on a rec team before playing basketball. What position do you play? I'm backup point guard, dude. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> now, hey, I've, I've, play, like, I've played with Wayne. Me and Wayne have played with each other a couple times. Yeah, we're, we're pretty we're pretty goaded, bro. I'm uh, not really good. I'm all right. Wayne's Wayne's good. He's he's got a nice little um, fade like a mid range fadeaway sort of. Yeah. Where he likes to go off the glass a lot. Oh, that's butter, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's butter. That's my and, and, and butter. he he's got a nice little three point shot too, yeah. and he knows how to hustle on defense. Oh yeah, that's, that's shout butter. out to Hattrick Wizzy Wayne, Thank uh, you. G League signing coming yes. soon. Please. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my player I play like is Draymond Green. Anyway, <laughs> continuing. <laughs> so you. <laughs> so, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you were saying something happened at, at a at a rec league game one time? Yeah. And so like um we'd celebrate like that and stuff on in rec leagues and stuff like that. You know, we're up like not blowing the team out, but we're up considerably. And so we're, you know, getting close and we're like hyping each other up and stuff like that. And like we're always paying attention to the the lines and all that stuff. And then the refs at this point probably just don't care or whatever. But I mean when your teammate does something cool or dope and you're just like, you just want to cheer for him, sometimes you're not thinking about anything else. You're just like, yo, my teammate's going off. Let me show him some support. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, I don't think it was disrespectful. I don't think he meant it, meant yeah. it as disrespect. I could go either He's way. Just, he was out there supporting Kuzma. This he is, blocked Gobert twice. 
Oh, that's true. The, I mean the go the Goberts. Yeah, the Goberts, man. He blocked them twice. This is what King James said on Instagram after the fact. I think this is kind of funny for various reasons. Here we go. Imagine doing your job at the highest level to where you're not needed anymore. Giving your shoes to a little girl and boy who you inspire and hoped you'd made proud that night. Then cheering on your teammates because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself only to be criticized while doing it. People, it's the world we live in and you can't let it ever stop you from your purpose in life. Negativity, bad energy, hate, envy, etc. will try to bring you down throughout your journey and it's up to you on how to handle it. I handle it simply by simply saying thank you with a smile on my face and continue to push forward while doing it. Live, laugh, love. Let me go ahead and play the world's smallest violin for LeBron James right now. Here's what I don't like about that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it sounds like LeBron is trying to sound like the greatest person ever while also trying to sound like the most humble person ever while not actually being humble one bit. That's that's accurate. I'll take that. This is what he, he says. Then cheering on your teammates because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself. It's like if you genuinely think that, it doesn't need to be said. Yeah, we already said I know you're trying to prove a point because of what happened, but still. And then you go on to say, you know, make this big motivational speech. I handle it simply by saying thank you with a smile on my face and continue to push forward while doing it. It's just like, dude, why don't you just let it pass? He was trying to sound inspirational, but he honestly sounded cocky throughout the whole spiel he made on Instagram. Preach. And then the last thing that happened in this Jazz versus Lakers game was... Oh, bring it to me. An iconic, iconic, I'm talking... I am just an icon. Grade level A3 by your boy, Dwight Howard. Dwight Schrute. In the corner. He he catches in the corner, jab step, and knocks down the three, and his teammates are loving it. He's loving it. And that's but, the moment I remembered Boogie Cousins is also on this team. <laughs> he's still there. He's alive still. <laughs> What's funny about this three, though, from Dwight... First of all, super happy for him. You know, go do your thing. Get a championship. However, his little mini jab step. Yo. He could have shook the whole stadium by doing that (laughs) or tipped over in the midst of it. It was the smallest jab step ever and honestly wasn't even uh, because a jab step is intended to get your defender off balance. Mm -hmm. That did not happen. Who went to play defense on him? Gobert? I think it was. I think it was Gobert. I mean, he was not phased yeah, by that no, jab step. No, no, at no. All. It was some. I don't know who it was, but okay, the else. defender was not phased at all. But you know what, Dwight, do your thing, man. Hey, he made go it. make some threes. He made it. That's all that matters. Almost tied with Simmons for threes on the uh, on the year. Speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> what a transition! Bro. Sound the alarm. <laughs> ben Simmons makes another three in the game last night. Wow. What a shot. Another wide-open three. He caught it in rhythm, threw that thing up there. Have you noticed on that shot, his feet weren't even, like, facing the basket at all. They were both pointed to the right. He caught that thing and said, you know what? I'm going to let it rip. Yep. And knocked it down. He did. What a shot. 
And uh, after the game, Brett Brown had some things to say about his uh, all-star point guard. This is what this is what he said. So it says, uh, Coach Coach Brett Brown has repeatedly said shooting is a part of Simmons' game that will develop with time. After Saturday's performance, Brown publicly upped the ante and called for more from his all-star point guard. Hmm. I quote, he quotes, this is what I want, Brown said. I want a three-point shot per game, minimum. He will be liberated. His world will open up, and in many ways, so will ours. I felt like that was so deep and philosophical there at the end. So one three-pointer He will be game. liberated. His world will open up, and in many ways, so will ours. Yep. <laughs> People getting liberated. So basically, he's kind of calling out Ben Simmons, I feel like. Yeah. Which I would, too. I don't have a problem with that. I, look, bro, help us out. He if dropped, he, like, what, 30, 34 points? This was, uh, this was against uh, the Cavs, but still. And they already disrespect you. They're going to leave you open. Hey, he was, he was wide open. Make it happen, dude. Like, if they're going to leave you open, and now you're two for two. And you know what, Ben Simmons? If you're listening to this, Ben Simmons, if you continue to shoot threes and you miss a couple, that's okay. That's fine, dude. We just want you to shoot them. Because honestly, your form is okay. It's not great. However... It's not horrible either. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Just go for it, man. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Coach Brett Brown doing your thing, calling him out. I like it. I like it. You will be liberated and your world will open up in many ways. And so will your teams. The I thing is, he's already, he's already doing two shots better than what we expected him to do anyway. Yes. So go ahead. <laughs> You're already doing, even if you miss every three-pointer from now until the rest of the season, you've already met the quota. I just love that every... Every time a Ben Simmons three happens, it's everywhere. You yes. go on social media, it's everywhere. I'm going to start a Twitter account called Did Ben Simmons Make a Three? This well, game. if you check out our Twitter account, it's actually our the, our banner on our Twitter account <laughs> is him the, is shooting that first three. So that's Yo. obviously that's how much we care about it. So <laughs> it's, yep. Um, Wayne, do you remember long, long time ago, Allen Iverson stepped back on? Ty Lue, when Ty Lue was with the Lakers, Iverson was with the Sixers, and he made this nasty, nasty shot over him. Ty Lue falls. Iverson, so, so disrespectfully, steps over Ty Lue and heads back to the other end of the court. Mm-hmm. I remember it like it was yesterday. So that was pretty dramatic, and this was n- nowhere near the, the kind of dramatic that, that was. However, Blake Griffin... Steps over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. In the game between the Pistons and the Bucks the other night. And I just have... Uh, Wayne, you were cracking up a lot earlier uh, uh, about what kind of transpired. Why don't you tell everybody why you thought it was so funny? The reason I thought it was so funny, because had this happened, like, way back when, back when the NBA was about that action... It's going down. Yeah. There's a brawl going. Like, two teams just going out on the court. You ain't separating Malice nobody. in the Palace kind of stuff. Oh, my Ron gosh. Artest. Meta World Peace. Meta World Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Not World Peace at that time. <laughs> he's transformed. He's been, <laughs> he's been reformed. Isn't that ironic that one of the dudes who was involved in one of the most heaviest fights in NBA history wanted to change his name to Metal World Peace? Hey. Get it how you live, man. I'm proud of him. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, for those of you who didn't see it, like Ante Kumpo goes down, like not to the paint, but he's down the baseline, 
and Blake Griffin's kind of giving him, you know, some good defense. And somebody else comes and tries to double team him. And Blake Griffin kind of throws an elbow into his back a little bit. And then he comes up and he kind of puts his whole body like into him. And then once Antetokounmpo falls down, he tries to get back up. And here's what got me. Blake Griffin was like standing behind him and he gave him a little punch, like a little a little soft jab to the butt. And Antetokounmpo goes down and like sits down. And then that's when Blake Griffin proceeds to step soft over. A little jab to the butt. <laughs> a little soft jab to the butt, man. A little, a little left. <laughs> Yo. Good game, bro. <laughs> And so he goes down, and he's sitting there, and Blake Griffin steps over his ankles. And and to me, yeah, you see it right there. He gave him a little soft jab, and then he steps over him. In the basketball world, that is like a sign of, like, quote-unquote disrespect. And you can thank Allen Iverson for that. He's the one who, like, brought that in here. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to give it to Allen Iverson. Um, but for him to do that in, like, the most subtle way ever, apparently there's already bad blood going on between them. And you can see it after the fact, like he stepped over him, and then um, who's that? Chris Middleton comes over and was like getting in Blake Griffin's face. Yeah, I thought it was just like a subtle, just like I didn't really think that much of it, but I, I guess it was one of those like icing on the cake moments where are like they had probably been doing something throughout the game, yeah. and then that was just like that's it, bro. Are you happy that Giannis didn't react back, or do you kind of wish he would have stood up and gotten in Blake's face? See, that's just the petty in me. I would say, yeah, get up and do something, bro. Now, for him... I feel like Giannis would have finished him if they would have actually... Giannis, Giannis could finish anybody in this league. I don't think there's any... Like, if it, it comes to fisticuffs, Giannis is giving the hands <laughs> to everybody. Giannis <laughs> says, I don't want anybody jabbing me in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, title of the episode, jab in the butt. I personally like the fact that he didn't retaliate. Yeah. Just because when he doesn't retaliate, it shows me what he's about. The he's game. about winning. Yeah. And smart players, vets, know how to push buttons. Mm -hmm. That's why Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin stepped over him. You know why? Because he was going, I know what I'm about to do is probably disrespectful, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know why? Because if I do it, Giannis might stand up, do something dumb, get kicked out of the game, and my team's chances of winning become greater mm -hmm. i mean why wouldn't you do that so on blake griffin's side kudos but also on Giannis's side being even smarter to just let his teammates back him up and him just sit there because he knows this dude knows he's the most value the most valuable player in the league right now yeah and and it shows you why they're on a 14 game win streak a 14 game win streak mm -hmm. yes sir. very under the radar we always talk about the lakers the Bucks have won 14 in a row. Mm -hmm. They are killing it right now. And they even beat the Clippers the other night. Of all teams, you know, when we think about the top teams in the NBA, the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers, um, the, the Rockets, mm -hmm. Toronto, whatever it may be. But these two teams, the Clippers and the Bucks, are two teams that I believe we – did we match on this as far as finals predictions go? What do we say? Clippers we – Oh no! I said Sixers coming out of the East. You said Bucks coming out of the East. Yeah, I said it was gonna be Bucks. But we Clippers. both said Clippers coming out of the West. Yeah. So pretty close. But these are pretty much the two teams we imagine that can get to this point, and they blew the Clippers out of the water 
Yep. The other night. Was it 117 to 91? Dude, they they smashed them. Hulk smashed. And the Clippers had their full squad. You can't even say like, oh, they didn't have PG, they didn't have Kawhi, they didn't have Lou, Montrez, whoever it was. They were at full strength, dude. Mm-hmm. And they smashed them. So the Bucks are doing their thing right now. They're making it happen. Do your thing, Giannis. Greek freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right. Time to talk about something that I feel like we don't really want to talk about, which is the Knicks dumpster fire. Wow. Ew. That just... The Knicks have fired their head coach, David Fisdale, after a disappointing loss to the Nuggets the other night. We all felt this was coming. The reports kept building up, especially in being in a market like New York. You really don't have a lot of time to um, roll with the losses like a guy... Um, like Lloyd Pierce, the head coach in Atlanta, like they're not doing great either, but you don't hear his name coming into question because mm-hmm. they actually, you know why? Because they actually have a future that they're looking forward to. Yeah, and they know what they're doing over there in the front office. The Knicks? What do you do? <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing. James Dolan, the owner of this team, is, I believe, the the culprit of all this. And you can't fire yourself as the owner. And he's came out and said, I'm not giving up the team. And why would he? It's still, Wayne, even though the Knicks are trash, they're still one of the greatest organizations as far as value goes and bringing in money. Like, they are still way up there. So why would yeah. you sell the team? Um, but David Fisdale is not the problem. He's not the problem. We th- Think about this. Just in the past year, they traded away their best, one of their best players within the past 10 years, Christoph Porzingis at the time. He Porzingis. Was, he was great. Now, he was injured at the time. You know, I don't know everything that went down, but they traded him away. Mm-hmm. And whether a player requests to be traded or not, if he is your only hope, you're in control. Yeah. He works for you. Yeah. But you still traded him away. Who did you trade him for? Dennis Smith Jr., Think about that for a second. Dennis Smith Jr. High flyer. High flyer, but not really a player. Nope. DeAndre Jordan. Not even with you anymore. Way past his prime. Ouch. And maybe a pick in there. I'm not entirely sure. But the point is, you traded away your best player for those two guys. And then you you bet your money. A part of it was was you, you didn't want to pay Kristaps because you were putting all your chips in on the fact that you were going to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant this past summer. Mm -hmm. Guess where they went? Your next-door neighbors, the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Yeah. You lost out on them. Oh, it's okay. We'll get Zion because in the lottery, we're expected to, to make this happen. Our odds are great. What happens? The New Orleans Pelicans end up with the first pick in the draft. New York ends up with the third pick. You can't even get John Morant. Yo, if they would have got John Morant, I'm not saying they'd be significantly better, but that's a more promising future in my eyes. And you end up with R.J. Barrett. Who played with Zion. And he plays decent, but I, his play's weird. I'm not crazy about him. If you would have ended up with at least John Morant, or better yet, even Zion, like that would have been... S- something that the Knicks fans could hang their he- their heads on. 
none of those things happen. And now you're in a spot. Uh, wait. And then the last thing. You signed about 72 power forwards <laughs> to your squad. I was about to say, man, they signed all power forwards. They said if you're if you're considered a PF, come yo, to Yo, New my York. bad on uh, rocking the table right there. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> we recovered. Taj Gibson. Was it more uh was it Markeith or Marcus? Mar- either one. One, one of, of the twins. Two. Yeah. Uh Taj Gibson, the Morris twin, Julius Randle, Bobby Portis. And power then, forward, and power then forward, maybe power one or two guys that can shoot, Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington, and then Alfred Payton. And just, it is, I want to puke when I look at the roster. I dude, literally want to puke. It is literally nothing but trees, and then like dudes who can shoot. And they're not even good trees. They're like the, they're like the, what was it, the slump stumps. <laughs> slump stumps. <laughs> shout, shout out to Lonnie Walker. <laughs> like you, you went out and got trees that don't do anything. Come on now. And their whole idea was that you know what we're gonna we're gonna take flyers on guys who have kind of been counted out, and we're gonna be a gritty team and all this yada yada. No, because now you're still counted out. You're trash still. <laughs> now here's here's what I thought they were doing with this Wayne. All of these guys are capable. Don't get me wrong; they're all capable guys. Like mm-hmm. Taj Gibson in the right situation, amazing player. You want to have that guy on your team. Yeah. Julius Randle may be coming off the bench somewhere, can give you 15 points. Great person to come off the bench. Bobby Portis, gritty, same for Morris. Like These guys, they're great additions to teams. However, you cannot put them all together to make a team. You just can't. This ain't so the squad, man. Here's what I thought they were going to do, and maybe they're still going to do this. They, they might as well at this point. I Because th- they all sign these guys to one- or two-year deals. Okay. I thought maybe... You know, some team that was desperate late into the season to make a an acquisition to boost their team is going to make a trade with the Knicks. The Knicks are going to get more picks, and that's kind of what was going to shake out. So that could very well still happen. Yeah. But if I'm a Knicks fan, the only thing I hang my hat on is just, like, hope. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the future could get better. That's about it. That's all you got as a Knicks fan. Yeah, and even though David Fisdell, it wasn't his fault. I mean, he's he's a player's coach. He's not a coach coach. I feel like there's a difference between a player's coach and a coach coach. Yeah. For example, um, Brad Stevens on the Celtics, coach coach. Greg Popovich. He's probably both. You know what? He I'll give him both. Um, Steve Kerr, he's both. He's a player's coach and a coach coach. Yeah. There's other ones around the league, but there's the ones that have the smarts. Bootenholzer. And then there's the ones that know how to handle, like, superstars and relationships and all that. I feel like David Fisdale is only the one who could, like, relate to the players and kind of get on their level. But you need a coach who knows what he's doing, too. So Fisdale would probably be good as, like, an assistant coach. Which is like what he was in he Miami. He just needs to keep that role. Yeah. Um, but uh, prayers up to the Knicks. Hope you all get it figured out. Soon, for real, for real, dude, it's bad. It's bad out there. I could, we could, we're in Pearland, Texas. We can see the smoke from here. Yeah, dog, it's not good, bro. Last thing, there was a report this week that TV ratings for ESPN and TNT have dropped twenty percent this season. Twenty percent—that's quite. It's quite a dip, Wayne. Oh, goddamn! 
So we were curious. We we don't know what it's due to, but we're we're here to discuss it. Maybe give our ideas. So Wayne, why do you think we've gone down twenty percent this season uh, for the NBA? Because in my opinion, the NBA was on the rise. Like it, it was coming. I don't think it surpassed football or anything by any means, but it's definitely gaining more popularity mm-hmm. with what's going on. So what do you think is the reason for the twenty percent drop? Here is why I think the ratings have kind of dipped this season. And I'm putting all my eggs in one basket because as soon as I saw this and we put it in, in Slack, shout out Slack for keeping all this together, bro. Hey, hey. For real, for real. Um, the first thing that popped up into my head was Zion Williamson. Hmm. And here's what I think. The hype for Zion Williamson coming out of high school, coming out of college, going into the NBA – was massively unreal. I mean, this dude was doing things in high school that people, NBA players, wish they could do. Dunking on small kids. Like, just grown man dunking on everybody. And so, coming out of college, getting drafted by the Pelicans, people were ready to see this kid go off. And so, all of this buildup to the NBA season was like, yo, we're about to witness some great things from a from a kid from a rookie that we ain't seen in a while since like maybe LeBron, mm-hmm. and so I think the hype leading up to this season was so high, and then he gets hurt, and the, and the then, Pelicans had a lot of national games. Yes, still and, do, and and then you can't watch him, and you can only hear reports, and hear that he's out six to eight weeks, and maybe and hear more. that his knee is or whatever it is is like not what I don't know. I'm not keeping up with it, but. I think this is just my opinion. This is the first thing. Whenever I saw it, I was like, yo, it could be good. Like, we were all so hyped to see what this kid could do. And we and saw it. We got a taste in the preseason. We got, yeah, we got a taste, like a small taste. I and mean, it was a big taste. And then season comes along, and he ain't here. And so I think that might have something to do with it. Now, I'm sure the NBA will recover because it's like, what, a 20% decrease? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that can be recovered. But... I think that's why there's a, been a decrease in viewing is because Zion ain't here. And and the thing is, he only plays for the Pelicans. He doesn't play for the Pistons. He doesn't play for the Celtics. He doesn't play for whoever else has been on national TV. Yet, national TV ratings are suffering. And I think that's because Zion was like the, the thing that got even people who don't pay attention to basketball was going to get people to start paying attention because this dude is just ridiculous. Yeah. So that's my take on why... I think the ratings have been down. Drew, what do you have to yeah, say? Yeah, that's a good point. According to fansided.com, uh, it says this. Thus far among the 46 televised on NBA TV, TNT, and ESPN, 32 of said games have featured at least one of 16 teams who are currently under 500. That could be another reason. So if you're playing bad teams, who wants to watch bad teams? Yeah. I mean... Simply put, but I, I agree with you. As far as Zion goes, that's the like if they didn't have Zion, the, they wouldn't be going. You know what? We want to put the Pelicans on because Brandon Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday are just national television worthy. Like mm-hmm. it was because of him. Mm-hmm. Same for the Warriors. Why? Which is why the NBA is looking at taking some of their games off national television and replacing them with other teams because they recognize that. It's due to injuries, and I like that the NBA is doing this. 
Yeah. Like, I like the fact that they're recognizing, like, look, our ratings are going to drop if we don't correct this. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this all the time as quickly on the fly and stuff with the deals they have with um, t- television and and all these outside sources. However, if you can make adjustments and go, hey, Luka Doncic is killing the league, killing the league right now. Like, people want to see him put him up there or – you know, if Lakers are almost always on national television, so they're a bad example to put. But even like a team like Toronto, hey, put Toronto in there. They're playing really well. You know, make adjustments to make your ratings rise. Another reason why I think this could be the case is because, Wayne, I'll be honest with you, maybe this is different for you, but for me, at my house, I don't have cable. Mm-hmm. I have the ESPN app, the TNT app. Clutch. NBA League Pass. Yes, sir. I have all of those. There's no, really no need for, for cable for me. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the ratings still apply when you're going through the app still. I have no idea. But I was just going to say, like, maybe due to the fact that we're in a society where, number one, you can stream almost everything. Yep. Number two, you could go on YouTube the next day and just recap all these games, which is yeah. a lot of what casual fans do is mm-hmm. they recap what happened they're not going to sit and watch the whole entire game so i think with this kind of quick uh click society where we just want the highlights and want to we don't want to see the whole game play out i think that's another reason why you know maybe these ratings are are, are dropping uh and again i could be entirely wrong about this but um it sucks to see that for the nba but i'm hopeful that things will Things will look up, and I, and I trust Adam Silver too more than anything. I I think Man, he's a great commissioner, the best. I think bro. he's if he sees a problem, he's gonna do something about it. Yes. So if this comes up, and ratings matter because it involves the the money of the NBA. So if it involves money, you know action is gonna take place. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, that is uh, we talked about a multitude of things this week. And if you guys have any thoughts, we want to hear them. We want to know what you think. And maybe you have another idea about why the ratings have dropped or, or, or your opinions on what happened uh, with LeBron versus the Jazz or or who you're siding with, with me and Wayne, with the Spurs versus the Rockets. <laughs> go Spurs, go. Or maybe you have a solution that could absolutely fix the Knicks. Like, what is your godsend? Like, we want to know. We want to tell them. So just keep in mind that we do have a Twitter account. And <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Give me some time. <laughs> you can get at us on Twitter at three, the number three, N, N as in Nancy, D as in diary, underscore I, pod. <laughs> I thought you were going to say diarrhea, bro. I, I full on thought that's where, that's where you were headed. At three N D underscore pod um oh, we we like to post through there to keep you guys updated on maybe new episodes or uh just you know maybe we talk about things that happen throughout the week that we won't discuss until we get to the podcast so we do it through there so get at us follow us we'll be there so this is drew mickey d's mick williams oh snap <laughs> and, i wasn't ready for that <laughs> and, and hat trick wizzy wayne yes sir we love you guys we'll see you next time peace Bye.